How many love the Lord this morning? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Is there anybody here that's been changed in the presence of God this morning? Mm. Yeah. Um, for those of you that are visiting for the first time, I'm sorry. <laughs> you get me, uh, not Pastor George. Pastor George, where you at? He's in the back there, striped shirt. Uh, we love our pastor. And, um, but he's not speaking this morning. He just finished a five-part series, I believe it was. Twelve, um, maybe I only heard five, but we'll, I'll listen to him again, I promise you. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, he's been working hard, and he needed a, a break, and we wanted to bring you something a little, a little, uh, little spicier with this crazy Mexican here. Uh, I am the token Mexican here at church. Uh, let me put that out there. Although my nephew is here, uh, and he's pretty brown himself, so that's a good thing. He's a mutt. He's a half-breed. He's, he's Mexican and white, so we call him the mutt of the family. But that's okay, too. My kids are, too. You know what I mean? Uh, it is what it is. Um, but, uh, again, I apologize. Please come back. Give us another chance. Um, you know, listen to Pastor. He's much better than I. Um, but I am always honored to be uh, in the house of the Lord with you all. Amen? Uh, we have fun. Amen? Uh, I'm the one that likes to hear feedback, okay? So please say amen or I'll, I'll drag it out of you, I promise you. Um, but I, I like feedback and um, I love God's word, amen? I love the truth of God's word. And in this church, uh, his word, it's the infallible word of God, amen? It is our standard for life, amen? And so I hope you brought your word. If you did not bring your word, um, we do have Bibles up front here that you can come grab so you can follow along. Um, I have a lot of word for you this morning, and so, you know, uh, if you don't have a Bible, please take one. Um, I have about 15 of them at home. Pastor George keeps putting them out there, so I keep on taking them home with me. Uh, so, you know, I, I am Mexican. I've got a large family, so I keep on giving them to my family, uh, so there, there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, if you would, come pl- pray with me uh, before we, we begin this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all that you're doing, Lord God. Father, I thank you that you dwell in the praises of your people. I thank you that your presence is here now. I thank you that you've come to set the captives free this morning. Um, Thank you for that, Lord. And Father, I pray that throughout this this time that we're together, Lord Jesus, that you would continue to break those chains, that you would continue to blow through the chasms of our souls. God, and you would expose those things that aren't pleasing to you, God. Father, we desire to be pleasing in your sight, Father. We desire to be holy and acceptable unto you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross for my sins, that my sins are forgiven, <laughs> that every, each and every person here that has asked you into their lives, Lord God, their sins are forgiven, and they're white as snow, as Pastor George said. We've been washed white as snow. Thank you that there's no... Therefore, no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. We've been set free in Jesus' name. Minister to our hearts this morning, Holy Spirit, like only you can do. Change us from the inside out. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Um, 
so typically when I come up here, um, God places something on my heart, and, and a lot of times um, it's obviously due to <laughs> things that I've been through, right? Experiences are the best way to learn. Um, sometimes we go through experiences that we don't want <laughs> to go through, but we still learn, amen? As long as we have that heart, that humble heart to say, God, I don't understand, but whatever you're doing, I trust you. Proverbs 3, 5 says it this way, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Now that scripture is a small scripture, but it's very difficult to do. Would you agree with me? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. What's our own understanding? What we think, what we see, what we feel, what we hear, uh, what we think we know. That's our understanding. And the Bible is saying, don't lean on that. God is saying, don't lean on that. Lean on me. <laughs> Profound if you can receive that. <laughs> but easier said than done, isn't it, sometimes? And so sometimes we need to go around a mountain a time or two until we learn <laughs> what God is trying to teach us. Amen? Uh, in our finite minds, right, God is an infinite God, but we are not. Our minds are not. And so sometimes we've got to go around that mountain a time or two or three or four if we're honest. And some of us are so stubborn that maybe it's 15, 20, 25 times before we actually learn something and we get it. Okay, God, I see what you were trying to show me. And so um, I've learned, I've been serving the Lord for 20 years. That means nothing. <laughs> the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. Is that okay to say? Um, the more you learn, the more humble you get. And you say, okay, God, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't even deserve to be mm, playing guitar here. I, I just, I really don't. God, you're that amazing. Um, and so every time I've found that I'm going through something, my wife and I are going through something, my kids are going through something, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me? What do you need me to learn, God? Help me get it the first time, Father, please, so I don't have to keep going around this mountain. Is that okay to say? So this morning, I... I I'm going to speak about the sphere of influence. That is the, the, that's what I've labeled this sermon as the sphere of influence. And I want you to understand that each and every one of us has a sphere of influence. Now, I'm throwing this word around, and it means different things to different people, but let me tell you what it means to me, okay? The definition to me uh, of a sphere of influence, and, you know, we didn't get handouts. I apologize. That's my fault. <laughs> Again, you got the Mexican, and so you, you, we're doing it the Mexican way. I apologize. Next time, when you come to Pastor George, he'll have handouts for you. Um, but the definition of, I, I, like, I like your undivided attention. Is that okay? Undivided attention, okay? So definition is this. One person's direct effect, positive or negative. One person's direct effect, positive or negative, on another person's life that can alter their course for eternity. Let me read that again. Definition of sphere of influence. One person's direct effect, either positive or negative, on another person's life that can alter their course for eternity. Does that ring a bell to anybody? Uh, how about, why did I say positive or negative? 
Has anybody heard this? 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Bad company corrupts good character. Has anybody heard that? I'm sure somebody's heard it maybe with your mom or dad saying, Hey, uh, maybe they said King James Version, Evil companions corrupt good manners. You know? Or you, you'll become who you hang around, son. Don't hang around those guys smoking dope and doing what they're doing. Don't do it. Why? Because they don't want you to have fun? No, that's not it. Because they love you and they care about your decisions. Because as you get older, you realize how one small little mistake can, can cause a lifetime of hurt. Amen? The positive side is this. When you have a positive influence of your, in your life, like when I decided to make Christ the Lord of my life at 19 years old, my buddy Tommy Osborne, I would go to his, his room at like 3 o'clock in the morning and after doing what I did or what was, whatever I was doing, and, and I'd say, uh, you know, Tommy just doesn't feel right. Something's wrong in my heart, and I, I don't know what it is and I was raised to know Jesus my parents raised me up in the way I should go but I was running has anybody run before and Tommy led me to the Lord and because of that I can say the spirit of the Lord is upon me Isaiah 61 1 because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And to proclaim liberty to the captives. And the opening of, of the prisons to those who are bound. That's what I want my legacy to be. Amen. To be led by the spirit of the Lord. Mark 16, 15 says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. When we have positive influences in our lives, it can alter the course that we're on. Amen. For eternity's sake. I was changed for eternity when I asked Jesus Christ into my life. And if I would have never done it, my, my life would be completely different right now. Amen? Some of you have that same testimony. Is that right? I asked Jesus into my life and he's changed me for eternity. Each and every one of us has a sphere of influence. We have people that are in our lives that God has strategically placed there. Listen, I don't believe in coincidence. As a Christian, I just don't believe in it. I trust in the Lord, therefore I trust that everything that happens in my life is because of him. Is that easy? To, is that fair to say? So I believe that each and every person that is in my life is put there for a reason. And I believe that if I'm in tune with the Lord, if I am, if I am steadfast with God, if I'm in my quiet time and I'm reading my word and I'm praying and I'm seeking God and I'm, I'm fellowshipping with the saints, that God can use me at that point. Is that right? Heck, God used a jackass in the Bible, right? He used a donkey, right? Certainly he can use me. Summer, don't say a word. You hear me? Summer's my wife. Whether that be family, immediate or extended, friends, church family, co-workers, classmates, neighbors, or just people you run into in the marketplace, I don't believe it's coincidence. 
And I believe they've become part of your sphere of influence. You agree with that? So right now I want you to start thinking about the people in your lives because that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Um, so to, to kind of uh, uh, give you an idea of, of where this came from, in, in my life right now there's four people in my life, and, and, you know, of course, I'm not saying any names, I'm not saying any situations, I'm not saying anything about anything. <laughs> but there's four people in my life right now in my sphere of influence, and, and could, be, could be a lot more, they just haven't come to me, or I just haven't been exposed to them, that are having marital issues. Um, three of which the, the man was unfaithful. Um, can anybody relate? I mean, anybody know anybody that's going through a tough time like that? So, mm, you know, when I'm in my truck, I'm in my truck a lot. Um, my, my occupation is a, is a fire inspector, so I go from business to business and make sure they're, they're, they're fire safe and whatnot. And, and so, um, but in between, I'm, I'm riding, my, I'm driving in my truck and, and I'm talking to the Lord. And, and God continues to, to put things on my heart about these people. And I'm like, Lord, I, you know, I feel like I, I, I've got to be careful about what I say, God. And, and I don't want people to think that I want, I'm, 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 I'm in their business, God. And, and, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, God. And, and, you know, he started bringing to me who I was. And when I first gave my life to the Lord, I became a child of the Most High God. And God doesn't raise any punk kids. Amen? God doesn't raise any weak children. As long as we're in this word, we're changed for eternity. Amen? And I want you to understand, is, and not only do we need to use our authority that God's given us for uh, leading people to the Lord. But we also need to use that influence to help them walk the path they should walk. Is that right? Let me explain. So um, every time I do a wedding, for instance, I just married off Joe and Casey. Where are you at, Joe and Casey? Casey's there. Yep, Joe's working over there. Um, every time I, I marry off a couple, um, I look at the congregation that's there and I say to them, let me, let me be clear about something right now. You just weren't invited to eat their food. You weren't invited here just to drink some of their drink. Uh, you weren't invited here to party, just to party. You might have a good time. That's great. But you weren't invited here just for that. The main reason that you were invited here today was to keep, is to keep these two accountable. Amen? Has anybody heard the saying, it takes a village to raise a child? Let me tell you something. After the child's grown, it still takes that same village. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I've got a 7-year-old and a 14-year-old. I still need help. You know, part of my village is, is here with me. My mother and father-in-law, they're here. Man, they're phenomenal with our kids. I love it. They raise them up in the, in the word of the, God, of, of the Lord as well. But we still need help, don't we? Even at this age, I still need help sometimes. I still need direction. When does that stop? Why should that stop? 
It shouldn't. Amen? We need each other. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. We need each other. Unfortunately, we've gotten so politically correct that, man, I, I don't want to be in your business. I, just exactly those excuses I just read. I don't want to be in your business. I don't want to step on your toes. I don't want you to be mad at me, man, because I'm a real likable guy, and I don't like people mad at me. Uh, so please don't, you know, I'm, I'm just going to stay in my little area here. But that's never what God intended for us to do. Jesus grabbed 12 personal friends and he said, come, follow me. Take up your, your cross and follow me. Man, and I'll make you fishers of men. And he was intimate with those guys, man. He was one-on-one he was -on -one with them, but he was right there with the 12 of them as well. And he taught them and he loved on them and he rebuked them and he exhorted them and he, he taught them how to live their lives, did he not? And he's doing the same with us. He desires to do the same with us. In the public safety arena, we have this thing called the, a moral duty to act. We're bound to it. So as a firefighter or EMT, I, I'm bound, especially when I'm on duty, I've got to help someone when they need help. Amen? And outside, of course, I'd do the same thing. Nurses, doctors, duty to act. We've got to do it. And God started ministering to my heart, and he said, you know what? You've got a moral obligation to this friend of yours because I want to talk to him. And if you don't do it, who's going to? Unfortunately, so many times we, we wait for that other guy to do it. Oh, man, their parents better tell them right because they're messing up. You know, their best buddy who I know he's a little closer to them, so he'll, he'll take care of it. Hmm. I want you to understand that we have a moral obligation to speak into the lives of our friends, family. I want to warn you in this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. We need to get our strength from the Lord. Amen? There's wisdom in how to do this. I don't want you to go, please. Don't go and say, well... Jay told me to call you and say you're doing something wrong. Uh, so stop cheating on your wife and don't do it again. Um, no, no, no. There's a right way to do it. Um, and that right way is being led by the Holy Spirit of God. Um, Proverbs 11.25 says this. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Let me say that again. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Is there anybody here that needs to be refreshed at times in their lives? Yeah. Some of you, maybe right now. <laughs> I want to be refreshing so I can get refreshed. Amen? I want to be a blessing to someone so God can bless me. Amen? Because he will. It's not the only reason I do it, of course. I do it because I love people, right? But I want to be refreshed in God. Influence starts with relationship with Jesus. We serve, again, a relational God. So as we start a relationship with Jesus, we start by asking him into our hearts. We know the drill. Um, we ask Jesus into our hearts. Um, we start praying. We start reading God's word. 
Okay, John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You want to get to know God? Read His Word. This is where He's at. Read His Word. You won't hear anything from the pulpit that deviates from this Word. Pastor George, Andy, myself, just doesn't happen. Amen? Read and know God's Word. Praying to God. Prayer is simply communication with God, talking with Him. But not only is talking with Him, more importantly, it's listening to Him. Amen? Sometimes we miss that. <laughs> we skip that part. God, I just want you to know this is what's going on in my life, as if He doesn't know already. So I want you to know this because I want you to do something about it, and I want you to heal, and I want you to, you know, restore and establish and this, that, and the other. Okay, God, good talk. We'll talk to you later. And we leave. Is that correct? No, it's not correct. It's not the correct way that we should be doing that. It's why God gave us two ears and one mouth, isn't it? Shut this and open these. Amen? The Bible says this, my sheep hear my voice. God says, my sheep hear my voice. In other words, they recognize me. They recognize when I speak to them. They hear me. Y'all, it's not easy hearing God. Sometimes in the darkest places that we get to, it's not easy hearing God. But that's even more so why we have to put our ear to the grind. What are you saying, God? I don't, I don't, I don't hear you yet. Where you at? I don't, what, was that you? No. God, I, I need to hear something. And we wait. The Bible says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord, to wait. Mm. It's in these quiet times that we hear God's voice so we can do His will. Does that make sense? Y'all, if you don't carve time out for the Lord, you're missing out on something. You're missing out because those are the times that he wants to speak to your heart. Those are the times that he wants to tell you who's hurting, who needs a word, where you need to be, what you need to be doing. One of the number one things as, as ministers that we hear asked is, I don't know what God's will is for my life. I don't know what God wants me to do with my life. I know I have a purpose, but I don't know what that is in my life. Guess what? If you have a quiet time, God will show you. You won't have to ask anybody. I promise you. He's faithful, and he'll show you. Be still and know that he's God. Hmm. Connecting with his church. So not only do we read God's word, not only do we pray, but we connect with his church. I can't tell you enough how important it is to be loyal to God's people. It's so very important that we gather here on a Sunday morning and we break bread together. Amen? Because like I said this morning, where two or more are gathered, there he is in the midst King David said, said it this way. King David, David was the, he was the second king of Israel. 
And he wrote this in Psalm 122 and 1. And he wrote, I was glad when they said unto me, come let us go into the house of the Lord. Why was he so happy to go into the house of the Lord? Because the presence of the Lord was there. There was healing there. There was victory there. There was deliverance there. I don't know about you, but I love to rest in the presence of God. Paul wrote, Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. How much did Christ love the church that he gave his life for you and me? Now these four walls we know aren't the church. Each and every one of you and me are the church. But how important it is that we gather together as the church. Hebrews 10.25 says this, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as in manner is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching, the just shall live by faith. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. <laughs> I don't know about you, but over the past few months, we've seen the day approaching. <laughs> We've seen the wickedness start to overrun time after time after time. Times are getting worse. They're not getting better. Amen? Which is why the church of God needs to stand up unified together for the, the cause of the kingdom. Amen? We need each other now more than ever, church. We need each other. Listen, I need you. You need me. Yes, you need a Mexican in your life. You need that. I'm saying it from the pulpit. You need that. George, the tacos. We, listen, we bring a lot to the table. George has to eat with me at least once a week just because he needs a little bit of Mexican in his life. Amen, George? Wait, why are you shaking your head? Oh. I'll talk to you later about it. I was glad when they said unto me, come let us go. Into the house of the Lord. Come let us go into the house of the Lord. So let's discuss this for a minute. So I have people that are my family. I have my nephew here, my niece, my new niece from Australia is here as well. Um, and uh, I have a brother and a sister, nieces, nephews, cousins. I have immediate family, my wife, my daughters, all those, sphere of influence. Is that correct? Okay. Now, we all know that we can't choose our family. Amen? Uh, we can't. My father-in-law wishes he had a white son-in-law. I'm sorry, Dad. You have a Mexican one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He loves me. He loves me. Um, our sphere of influence. There's been times when my father-in-law and mother-in-law have spoken into our lives. Amen? We needed it. There's times when my mother and father-in-law speak into my daughter's lives. We need that influence. Amen? Uh, they need it. They won't forget it. But there comes a time when you 
are going to need to be that influence in somebody in your family's lives. Amen? Is it easy? Poof. Sometimes the ones you love are the hardest to talk to. Sometimes the ones you love the most are the ones that hurt you the most. Is that true? Yeah. But you know what? We're still called to love them. Amen? We're called to forgive them. And we're called to speak into their lives. Amen? We're called to use the influence that we have. What is our influence? Right? Y'all, we need to be changed by this word. We need to live this word. It's not just words on a page. This is what we need to be living by. Pastor George and I and Andy say up here and we say this is the standard for our lives. This isn't just a paperweight. This is a standard for our lives. We need to be in this word. This word needs to be in us, changing us for eternity. Is that right? The Bible says it's sharper than a double-edged sword. The Bible says it knows the thought, the very thought and intent of our heart is discerned in this word. Do you believe that? <laughs> we need to have this in us. Sometimes family is the, the toughest. And, of course, they're the ones that throw things in your face and, you know, they're stay out of my business. I'm going to tell you how to do it. Influencing friends. Proverbs 27, 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of the enemy are deceitful. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. What's that mean? You might be going through something, and listen, you might be messing up. Ashley does it often. So I got to go to Ashley, and I got to tell Ashley, Ashley, you're messing up. I love you, but you're doing it again. John doesn't need you to do that. And John is her husband. And you know, the thing that I say to Ashley might hurt her. It might cut her a little bit. But as, as long as I'm doing it out of love and as I, long as I do it in the right way, and I, I honey, I love you, and I, I don't want to see you go down this road. And so I'm going to tell you the truth because the Bible says the truth is what sets you free. And so I'm going to tell you the truth, sis, and, and it's up to you what you do with it. I'm not beating you over the head with it. I'm not saying you have to do this. I'm saying this is what I see. And please pray about this and ask the Lord if this rings true in your heart. And get back to me about that if you would, please. Non-confrontational. I'm not trying to fight you. I'm trying to tell you some truth in love. And so a friend is very important. The Bible is very specific when you're talking to friends. Faithful are those wounds. They're in your life for reasons. Now, you can choose your friends. Again, you can't choose family. You can choose friends, okay? So friends are the people that you want to be around sometimes. That didn't sound right coming out, but <laughs> friends are those people that you enjoy, that you have things in common with a lot of times, right? You want to be by them, their side, faithful. Don't let them just fall to the wayside. Church family, 1 Thessalonians 15, 12. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to appreciate those who diligently work among you. Recognize, acknowledge, this is the Amplified Bible, and respect your leaders who are in charge of you in the Lord and who give you instruction. Know this, that you have a church family. 
You have a church family. You've got leaders in this church that you can come to, that you can ask, that you allow them to be a part of your life, to seek counsel through them. The Bible says there's wisdom in the multitude of counsel. How do we accomplish through these things? Number one, through his word. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scriptures God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Did you hear that? All scriptures God breathed and is used for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. What is this for? To rebuke, to teach, to correct, and to train. Sometimes we're going to need to rebuke somebody. It says it right here. Sometimes we're going to need to train somebody. Sometimes we're going to need to correct somebody. How do we do it? Through his word. Amen? Through this standard. You don't want to, you don't want to hurt their feelings? Do it through this word. Do it through love. Number two, through prayer. God, is, God, who is hurting? Who is in need? Who needs encouragement today? Who needs money? Who needs time? Who needs chores done? How many know that there's more ways that we can bless somebody than just money? Money's good. Money's okay. But there's more ways that we can bless them. Amen? Somebody might need their, their lawn mowed because they've got a hurt shoulder. Thomas Cookie? And can't do it themselves. Someone go over there and mow her lawn. Is that a blessing to her? Certainly it is. But without us getting before the Lord and asking Him what He wants us to do, sometimes we're in the dark, are we not? We need His guidance. We need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hmm. Asking for wisdom. I can never have enough wisdom. James 1.5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Let me say that again. Remember this scripture, please. If you don't remember anything else this morning, remember this scripture. Ask for wisdom. We need wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom... Is there anybody here that lacks wisdom? Look, I'm stupid. I'll just admit it. I need wisdom. I need God's wisdom. Is that okay to say? I don't want man's wisdom. I want God's wisdom. If any, any of you lack wisdom, let him ask. And it will be given to you. He says, I'll give it to you. <laughs> just ask. James 4.2 says, you have not because you ask not. Ask. God for wisdom. Matthew 10, 16, Behold, I send, I send you as sheep into the midst of wolves. That's us right now in today's world. He's sending us Christians out in today's world as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. He's called us to be wise and gentle. We don't need to get on a high horse. Let me just tell you something. I'm going to beat you over the head with this Bible. You better quit cheating on your woman. You better get right. Mm -mm. What's going to happen there? They're going to shut you right down. They're going to act like you aren't even there. They're not going to hear a word you say. 
wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove. And number three, through love. How do we affect him? We affect him through his word, through prayer, and through love. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Everybody knows this is the love chapter. If you've never read, uh, read this chapter, you need to. Because this is, this is what we need to be living our lives by. 13.1 says, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become as sounding brass or clinging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. We're nothing without love. We're nothing without God's love. Finish reading that chapter. I don't have time to go through it this morning. Finish reading 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Study it. Learn it. Live it. Love it. You'll be better for it. I promise you. So when we're dealing with these, these men and women in our lives, I've, had, I've found myself having to bite my tongue as I'm talking to my friends because I love them so much and I don't want to see them go through the consequences of sin because how many know there are consequences to sin? Amen? We're forgiven the sin, but there's consequences to sin. If you cheat on your wife and, and you end up having a baby, guess what? That's a consequence of that sin, amen? Uh, and on and on and on, there are consequences that we have to deal with. I don't want to see my friends, my family, my loved ones have to go through these things. And so I find myself having to hold my tongue because I want to tell them, I want to shake them and I want to wake them up and say, can't you see what you're doing? Can't you see that this is an abomination? This is against God's word. Can't you see what you're doing? But I got to remember to be wise as a serpent and gentle, gentle, gentle as a dove. Sometimes it's us that needs help. Amen? Sometimes we're the ones that are in that capacity that I need. Listen. Sis, I need you to come talk to me. I need you to tell me if you see me doing something wrong, I need you to call me out on the carpet for that. I give you permission to do so. Amen? I need you to do that for me. Proverbs 1.5 says, A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. Proverbs 15.22 says, Without counsel... Purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. There's wisdom in the multitude of counsel. We need each other. Amen? Stand to your feet if you would, please. Hmm. Y'all, sometimes just being there for somebody and not saying a word is the way to go. There's a lot of different ways that you can approach someone that is in need. 
in chaplaincy. I'm the chaplain for North Myrtle Beach as well. And, and we, we, there's this thing called the, the ministry of presence that they speak of. And just being there with somebody, not saying a word, just so they know that you're there. You don't have to say a word. They just need to know somebody cares enough that they're there. Maybe that's the way it needs to be done. I guess what I'm saying is this. You need to get in your quiet time and allow God to speak to your heart about your friends and your family and your sphere of influence. Coworkers, the people we work with, classmates, the people that we go to school with, people that are in the marketplace that we run into for whatever reason, not by chance, but I had somebody in, in the grocery store behind me the other day, and we just started a conversation. Not coincidence, man. Think about it. God wanted to speak to that person. And you know what? Maybe, just maybe, he wanted to use you. Let us have a heart that is humble. Let us have a heart that desires to serve God. Yeah, come on up, John. Let us have a heart that is eager to please God. Because I promise you, if you have that heart, God wants to touch people. God wants to touch people, and he wants you to do it through. He wants to use you to do it through. Amen? If there's anybody here this morning that needs prayer, anybody here that's this morning that is maybe going through something, maybe their family or friends, their sphere of influence, I want you to think about that as we're doing communion. I want to think about, I want you to think about that sphere of influence that you have, those people in your life. If there's anybody hurting, I want you to take it upon yourself to pray for them. Let's start with that. I want you to pray for them. I want you to ask the Lord to start dealing with their hearts. Amen? And ask the Lord, God, is there anything that I can say or that you want to say through me to that person? Not to condemn them, not to beat them over the head, but God, to love on them. To maybe nudge them to go a different way. Like I needed when I was 19 years old. Somebody nudged me to go a different way. So it brings us to this table. And this table is all about love, amen? Because it, it, it's at this table that Jesus was sitting with his 12 disciples and he said, uh, <laughs> and, it, and it boggles my mind every time I do communion because I, I think of Judas. I think about the one that betrayed God, betrayed Jesus. He was, he was right there looking him in the face, man. Jesus called him out even. <laughs> but it didn't stop the way Jesus did things. He still loved him. Even though he was going to betray him, Jesus still loved him. And he took the bread and he said, this bread is my body. And he said, he's broken for you. 
And he took the cup, and he says, this cup represents the new covenant in my name. And he said, this is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of all your sins, past, present, future. He said, do this often in remembrance of me. Come on forward, guys. He loved us then while we were still sinners, but the Bible says Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And he loves us now. He desires us to be in relationship with him. So this morning, I want you to talk to the Lord before you come up. Thank you, brother. If there's anything in your heart of hearts that you need to get right before the Lord, talk to him before you come up. Okay? Think about those people that are in your life, that are in your sphere of influence, these people that you touch on a daily basis. God wants to touch them through you. Amen? Amen. Um, our baskets are up here for tithe offering. We, have, we use wine, but we do have juice up here that you can use as well. Come now. Um, partake in this table with us this morning. There's prayer warriors on either side of this stage that want to pray with you. If you have circumstances, situations in your life right now, They'd love to pray with you and agree with you for those people. Come just now.